I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Hi, friends. Welcome to today's show. Um, I have a few things to say before we get into our guest. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you to those of you who've checked out Patreon. If you haven't yet, head on over there to support the show, patreon.com slash not your granny's quilt show. When you become a patron, you get a not your granny's quilt show logo sticker sent right to your door. And thank you to those of you who've already been there and have signed up. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of you hanging out. Next, I would also like to thank you so much for your love on the merch site so far. I'm so excited to have things to share with you um, so that we can find our fellow not your granny, not your granny's quilters out there in the world. Um, I'm really looking forward to us having a way to show our love for other quilters and find each other out in the world. So if you haven't already, go check out the merch shop. It's nygqs.printify.me. M-E. It's nygqs.printify.me. I'll put the link in the show notes below. And now for our guest. Today, we have Victoria of a Midlife Quilter. She is an AGF socialite. She is a quilter who discovered the love of sewing and quilting in her 40s. Well, at 40, I guess, and hasn't stopped since. She's a pattern writer. She is a genome maker. She has, you can tell, a ton of passion for the craft. And so, um, I just love chatting with her today and I can't wait for you to hear the convo. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the show, Victoria. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Um, do you go by Victoria or Vicky or? Anything? I do go by Victoria. Yeah. Okay, okay good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just I like to check. I want, I don't want to call people anything they don't want to be called. So <laughs> Oh yeah, no problem. No, my the only people who call me Vicky are my mom and my dad. Really? <laughs> Everyone else calls me Victoria. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, I have Mandy as a, a nickname, but it's just my family. Like my husband yeah. doesn't even call me that. And if he does, I'm like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is. My husband doesn't call my husband calls me Victoria. So yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm just like, I don't know why, but there's just like literally a handful of people who can call me Mandy the rest of the world I'm like don't do it mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to live don't do it <laughs> and actually Victoria was on the slate of names for me when my mom was pregnant so oh there you go <laughs> was also Victoria but Amanda won out it was like a great great grandma's name or something like that I don't know but <laughs> oh, family names are always nice though yeah yeah. So anyway, well, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I have loved seeing all your stuff on Instagram, your gorgeous uh, quilt patterns. And now you're an art gallery socialite, which is amazing. I love art gallery fabrics. I talk about it nonstop. So this is really fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, of course. So, um, I mean, your, your Instagram name is midlife quilter and your website midlife quilter and because you started quilting at 40. So tell me how, how did that start? How did you get into that? Well, sewing had always been something that interested me, 
But it's actually kind of funny because even though I always had this great like interest in it, like my mom doesn't sew, my grandmother didn't sew. Um, my mom is not like domesticated that way at all. She doesn't like any of the domestic arts. <laughs> um, and then my grandmother used to crochet. So that's what she did. And, um, but I was just always interested in sewing and I was wished I could learn and um, never got around to it, never knew anybody who like could teach me. And then when I was about 40, I thought, you know, I want to do something I've always wanted to do. I want to learn to sew mm -hmm. using a machine. And uh, there was going to be a class being offered um, somewhere here in town, but there was a scheduling conflict. Like for some reason, I couldn't get there on the dates that they were meeting and something. Um, but I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to get a book and start trying to teach myself. So that's what I did. I ordered a book and worked through the little projects, you know, from like little pillowcases to bags and things <laughs> like that. And um, the final project was, you know, you can make a quilt. And I was like, oh, like, I finally <laughs> done it. This is it. <laughs> I'm, I'm there now. And, uh, <laughs> and I made a quilt and I just really loved it. And I found that I had sort of a natural ability for it. And I think that's what made me stick with it because I had tried so many different crafts in the past. And I always tell everybody, everything I made before was like, the feet of a Pinterest fail page, like everything I tried, I just wasn't good at it. And I was like, Oh, I have this creative spirit. I have this energy I want to, I want to make, but I just don't seem to be good at any of it. And then I found quilting and it was like just something clicked in my brain. And I just, you know, I was never, I mean, it took me a lot of practice. It wasn't like, but it was just something I just really, really found that I loved. And I found that, you know, I would make things and people were responding to it. And that, you know, made me go even get even more interested in quilting as a whole, you know, versus just quilting me by myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I'm the same, like quilting wasn't really in my family, like sewing was, but not quilting. And until my mom started like a year and a half or two before me. And she had made blankets and stuff, but yeah, it was just crazy how, how much you like start to uncover when you start digging into the sewing world and like how much there is to do and make and. Right. It's so, so endlessly creative. And I just, I really love it. I love it. And there's just so many different types, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, from whether it's art quilts or, you know, collecting authentic, like vintage quilts or really modern quilts. There's just so many different styles that it can really appeal to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really accessible. If you, like you picked up a book and, you know, with some basic sewing skills, you worked your way into making a quilt. Like it really is an accessible craft and there's so many things you can do with it. And it becomes so practical. It's like, I can sew this, then I can sew that. And you, you know, you really do have a really good life skill that oh yeah you know, lends to so many other cool things. So mm -hmm. that's, that's awesome. True. Um, so when did you start designing your patterns? Like how soon into your quilting journey did that come about? 
Well, I start. Well, I learned to quilt in 2019. That was when I first started. I was um, towards the end of 2019, okay. and then um, I opened my fa- my online fabric shop in 2020. Is that right? Yeah, 2020 September 2020, mm. and um, then I just started designing patterns. Um, last November um, is when I first started really trying to learn um, because it was something I was like, I'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm bad at math. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I could come up with a design. And three, it just, I know I had so many friends who were writing patterns and I know the amount of work it takes. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of work, but it's also this vulnerability of putting something out there and seeing if anyone likes it, you know, it's mm-hmm. more, more like almost emotional risk too. And, um, I always said I wouldn't do it, but when I was offered the, um, socialite, um, position later on, I thought to myself, you know, I, this is going to be a good time to kind of up the ante, you know, um, mm-hmm. I felt like the position just really, you know, they're picking kind of these really talented makers and they're all pattern designers. I'm like, I got to bring it, you know, (laughs) the only one not doing patterns. So it really forced me to really commit to learning it. And, um, and uh, it was a difficult process initially, but, um, and I was under a a time crunch, Mm -hmm. but I, I always tell people like when they ask me, I'm like, you know what, if I can learn it, you can learn it. It's, um, it just, it's just going to take time and commitment, you know, just like anything else you want in life, it's going to take time and commitment, but anyone can do it, you know, if they really set their mind to it. Mm -hmm. And what did it take for you to learn? Did you take a class or did you just glean from people you knew? Mostly like learning from people I knew. Um, I was lucky to have some resources that people who were, um, writing patterns already, um, and my daughter is an illustration major in college. So she's familiar with like the Adobe programs oh, wow. because I had never used Adobe. Mm-hmm. And now I was trying to learn how to make diagrams and an illustrator and then write the patterns in InDesign. And um, so it was a lot of online tutorials, you know, really great friends who came in and, and supported me through it. And just sitting there and like, I still Google stuff all the time, you know, I'm like, how do I make this diagram happen again? Uh, How do I cut a shape? You know, I'm still really learning, but, um, the good news is, is that the type of of patterns I design, which tend to be more like traditional patchwork, it's, you're kind of limited, you know, and most things are going to be made with squares or triangles, you know? So once you learn how to write those types of diagrams, you're going to be a lot further ahead than what you would think you would be. Right. Cause then it's at that point, it's like copy and paste certain things. Cause it's like, once you know right. how to make a half square triangle, that's how you make it all the time. Like exactly, exactly. And you know, I, I pattern tested so extensively, mm. um, for the last couple of years that I just have a lot of familiarity with patterns and how they're written, you know? Yeah. So using that knowledge also helped me guide me on what I needed to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that process is so interesting because I 
I pattern tested for Katarina Rochella, like five different patterns. And, um, I mean, I obsess about her almost every episode. So (laughs) (laughs) she was really like my first, like she was the gateway to being obsessed with all of art gallery. But, um, anyway, uh, But yeah, seeing that behind the scenes process of here's the bones, like it's mostly good, but help me nitpick it to make it better. And it's like, you can tell the difference between a pattern that's gone through that and a pattern that hasn't, or someone who's been through that process and someone who hasn't, because when you've been on that other side of like literally editing a pattern versus just following it it does give you a different insight to like why things are written a certain way or how things are laid out and how important it is for the order of things. And it's just Mm -hmm. crazy how, how much goes into it. Yeah. If you don't write patterns, you don't really know like the work it takes. Yeah, it it, it is. It is a lot of work, you know, and then also, yeah, without, you know, if you're trying to write patterns without ever having been a pattern tester yourself, Mm -hmm. um, you do, I think miss out on some of those subtleties that you're talking about, you know, like why, you know, should you use a flying geese or should you use two halves for triangles here? You know, mm-hmm. you know, as being a pattern tester that you're always going to want, you know, the fewest seams possible, you know, um, yes. because it just all goes better. But if you've never really done a lot of pattern testing, you might think, Oh, it does. What does it matter? The design looks the same in the end, you know? And yeah. But to people who've tested extensively, like I did, like, I mean, during COVID, I was like everyone else, our quilting was an overload. And I was probably pattern testing anywhere from four to six quilts a month. (gasps) So I was, yeah, I was pattern testing like an insane woman. So (laughs) when it comes time now for me to write, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I didn't like how, you know, that. I remember the designer had to change that because it didn't work for people, you know? So I mm-hmm. have this background of just sort of encyclopedic knowledge of best practices, I guess is the best yeah. way to put it. Yeah. 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 It's so important. And I'm, I think I've probably ranted on here a bunch about it, but just the, the difference between a well-written pattern and one that's just not, is somebody's like, well, I made this pattern and it's cool. And I'm putting it on Etsy. It's like, Oh, it's fine. But also you can cause a lot of frustration for your makers and that's not fair to them. Like quilters are finicky. Quilters are finicky. You know, we just are, I think it's, it's just, it's just in our nature that we have a vision in our head and it's got to come out in real life. And I think that we also tend to be like, for me, um, I really am very careful about fabric requirements Mm -hmm. because I know having pattern tested and buying fabric that um, it's not fun when you have to go buy more or you've bought way too much. And, you know, you, now you have all this waste, like Mm -hmm. that's something that as a pattern designer, I'm always really conscientious of. And I try to walk a line in the middle of yeah. giving enough yardage that people, you know, can maybe recut if they make a mistake. Because goodness knows that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Um, or, or you know that they also, but also not so much that they feel like, man, I could have saved, you know, seven dollars and not bought that extra half yard I didn't need. You know, mm-hmm. so kind of being conscientious of that is is important to me. Yeah, I love that because yeah, it's been frustrating at times when you know. I buy what I need for the pattern. I don't 
add any extras just because it's like, oh, I need three quarters of a yard. I might as well get a yard. You know, it's like, I'll mm-hmm. try to stick to the, to the amounts written. And yeah, the times when I've had to go back, cause I made a bad cut, but then there wasn't even enough to like make an extra two and a half inch strip versus yeah. having, like you said, a whole half yard left over. Like if there's a few inches, that's great. My mom and I love to make scrap quilts and well, mm-hmm. I should say she loves to make scrap quilts. Cause I see scraps and I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. And she's like, hold on. I have an idea. And she'll literally lay out an entire quilt <laughs> in like five minutes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like you've got skills lady. <laughs> no, she's like, she's crazy smart with it. I'm like, yeah, I don't, it's so fun to be around. Cause it's just so inspiring. But anyway. Um, so yeah, I love that you're being conscientious of that and, and keeping your makers in mind. Cause I think sometimes getting lost in the process can make us forget about certain other aspects of whatever we're doing. And so I think when you've been on multiple sides of whatever it is, if it's long arming, if it's writing patterns, if it's, you know, making a quilt for someone, like having had experience on the other side of things is like really important. And I just, I love that you pattern tested so much because I know the five I did, it was like crunch time all the time for me because I was trying to fit it in between jobs. And like, I was, it was, you know, I was full-time quilting with my mom at that point, but it was like, we were so busy with custom work that I was like sewing at midnight, trying to get these things done. And yeah, I I had plenty of those nights too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy that you were able to do so many because I'm like. I was freaking out with just one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just obsessed, you know, and it really was the, an outlet for me, um, you know, to be doing something in the middle of COVID Mm -hmm. and, um, but yeah, I, I remember, I just, you know, I think when you found your passion, it's just a lot easier to put in the time, you know, cause I remember talking to my husband and thinking like, you have to love it because it's too much work if you don't. Yep. And, um, you know, cause I remember being up at yeah midnight, one o'clock in the morning, finishing a quilt because I had a deadline to meet. And, um, but I, but I also remember doing that and thinking, God, I love what I'm doing right now. Like, I love that I'm able to do this, yeah. you know? And, yeah. um, so yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. It's like, once you, yeah, realize that love for it, it's like, okay, this is something I want to do all the time. Like, like I'm so grateful I was able to, you know, go full in on my business with my mom and go full in on this podcast. Like it has been so fulfilling and so fun for me. Like I loved teaching, but then it broke me. And so (laughs) I I found your next chapter, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's like crazy. Cause I could never, you know, I just think about past me, like back then, like I could not envision myself in this spot of like being a professional quilter. I mean, not that I'm professional oh, yeah. by any means, but like by profession, I'm a quilter and yeah. Yeah. It's like a wild space to be in. <laughs> it is. It is. Like sometimes I'm like, you know, I, like on paper, I shouldn't exist in this world. You know? Like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like, I think you understand. I think we always feel that way when we come into it a little bit later in life, but yeah. I think it's just, it just goes to show that like what's meant for you isn't going to pass you by. Like mm-hmm. whether you start at 10 or 20, 30 or 40, whenever mm-hmm. it's, if you, you will find your passion, you know, yeah. and 
you will get so much fulfillment from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I talked about this in my episode with, um, with Jenny about just like being open, like the openness to accept changes into your life and to accept the nuances of how things go and not being so hung up in the, you know, what's wrong, quote unquote, but like finding the glimmers and all of it. And I think the more you can kind of be in that mindset, the easier it is to comprehend that you could be all these things. Like, I don't know if you, um, if you read or know a lot about Brene Brown, but in her, I've heard of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, I read her book, give the gifts of imperfection when I was 30. Cause I was a mess at that point in my life, but her whole thing was like, we don't have to pigeonhole ourselves. We don't have to like be only one thing. Humans are multifaceted and she calls them slashies. So like, you know, I'm a teacher slash quilter slash, you know, entrepreneur slash Airbnb owner slash, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I can have all these things in my life. And it's just a matter of finding balance and putting energy into the things that, you know, fulfill you. And so I think some people think, oh, I could never do that. And like, well, you could just, you maybe just don't want to, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, it could be that it's not their thing, you know? Right. Um, you know, yeah. I think that when you find it, you, you find this drive and this passion that you didn't know you had, you know, like I never thought yeah. of myself as being somebody that was going to really in, enjoy like owning my own business or working for myself. Um, I never thought I had the creativity to design patterns, right. but if you're willing to be open and like you said, like just open to it and take a chance, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, maybe you will fail, maybe you won't, but you'll never know if you never try, you yeah. know, and the way I see it is, you know, if you're failing at something, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It, it means that it shows you you're not maybe on the right path, but it, it helps you get to your right path. Right. And, um, you know, and I, I say that because I was reading about the founder, I think of, um, it's a big, company of like shapewear that was really popular his name escaping me right now but I guess she had like several businesses that failed Mm. and um, before she got this one that became like you know a billionaire company or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh, what she said was like you just have to understand that failures they're just kind of like helping you switch your path to what's to get you to where you really need to go yeah and so that's sort of the attitude I take you know it's like yeah I mean sometimes I do things that I think are going to be a great idea and they just flop, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. You know, I mean, nobody's really keeping score in my opinion. And if they, if they are keeping score, so, you know, I'm not going to stop doing something just because I'm worried what someone else is going to say about it, you know? Right. Right. Well, and if somebody's keeping score, it's about them and not you. Like, well, that's exactly that's how I feel about it. So it's like, yeah, like sometimes I do stuff and it plops, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, that didn't work, but I won't try that again. I've learned right. now that that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, it's. I think failing or struggling is such an important experience to have as a human because if you never fail and never have to pick yourself up and never struggle. 
I mean, it doesn't have to be so, so hard, you know, but if there isn't any struggle, that's like, you don't grow, you don't change, you don't learn. And, you know, coming from an educator's perspective, like I was preaching that to my kids all day, every day, (laughs) you know, yeah. like you learn when you struggle and you make mistakes, like help you, but unless you give it an effort and, and try, you know, you're not going to know what's on the other side of it because you'll never learn it. And it's so hard, right. To sit Mm -hmm. in that discomfort. And I think too, for little kids, especially like they're used to somebody being there to comfort them when they're struggling, but in that learning space, it's like, and yep, that is hard. I'm so I'm so happy that you're trying though. Like, you know, it's like, right. I did craft my language carefully, but then I have to talk to myself that way sometimes. Yeah, it's true. I mean, cause we, you're right. We don't want to be uncomfortable and there, there's a vulnerability that comes with, you know, putting yourself out there and, yeah. you know, especially when you're chasing a dream and then maybe feel like, oh gosh, like, well, you know, my engagement's down or my, you know, my growth isn't what I thought it'd be, or, yeah. you know, I asked a question and nobody answered. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it happens, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it, but I just try to remind myself that like, whatever doesn't work now, I've learned that that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the most important thing that I always try to do is I try lots of different things that I think would be fun for my audience, you know, but if they don't like it, um, you know, I don't mind if they don't like it as long as I've stayed true to myself. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like that's my, my barometer. It's like, I'll try, you know, talking about different things or different subjects and seeing what hits or what, you know, people want to talk about, but mm-hmm. I'm never going to bring up something that's not authentically me. Right. You know? Yeah. No. And I think that's why I don't mind, like, in some ways, if people don't resonate, because it's like, okay, well, that's just something that, you know, I want them to see the real me and the real me isn't perfect. The real me makes mistakes. Yeah. So they can see that, you know, you can go on my Instagram and see like, oh, yeah, like, you know, this post had 50 likes, <laughs> you know, this one had 500, <laughs> you know, this right. Yeah. Come over her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It happens. But I just don't, I always tell, you know, my, my, like I, when I was doing my business courses where people could uh, work with me and I'd be their sort of their mentor and help them with their, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice I always say is just don't get discouraged. Like Mm -hmm. if this is your dream, you know, just keep going, just keep going. Like, don't be discouraged because if I stopped every time, you know, I, was discouraged or could have been discouraged, I wouldn't have gotten to where I'm at now. And I'm really happy with where I'm at. You know, I'm not the biggest person in the world, obviously on Instagram, but I've carved out a little community Mm -hmm. of quilters and I really have bonded with them. And that means more to me than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something so special that I think when you find your people who love what you're doing and support you, you know, no matter what, and because you're being your authentic self, like that feels so good. And, you know, we can't possibly like, or be a part of every person's life in this whole wide world. So the fact that you get to have like a chunk of people that really do like what you're putting out there, like that feels so special. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always, 
I'm always happy and excited when people reach out. Like I love when people feel comfortable enough to do that and share their stories with me. That's, that really means a lot to me. And it's one of the big reasons why I keep putting in the work because I love the reward, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know I still like after all this time, I mean, it's not been that long, almost two years, but every, every time I get like a comment on a YouTube on one of the episodes or somebody leaves a review, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Like I still have to pinch myself. And I think, you know, even with the business, like with the, my quilting business, like, I think there's just certain things that happen. And my mom and I will just like start jumping up and down. Cause we're so excited that this little thing happened and maybe it's little, in the grand scheme of things, but to us, it's everything. And it's like, you know, we've got our, we've got our, like our usual suspects for long arm clients. And it's just so fun to see them. And like, they've been along the journey with us, watching us evolve too, from like working in my mom's basement in their old house to moving to the house they're in now. And me coming on full-time instead of just part-time and learning to trust me. Cause I think that's, that was the other part of it is like and entering my personality into the mix when my mom had already built these relationships with people, they were kind of wary of me. Like, well, I don't know you. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm cool. So (laughs) (laughs) like, I'm her daughter. I'm I'm just good. She can vouch for me. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, oh, this is my daughter. And they're like, oh, that's cute. Do you work here? I'm like, yes, I'm actually (laughs) co-owner with her. They're like, oh, like, "Mm mm-hmm. (laughs) no it's fine everybody's been great but it was just like an interesting transition and even still occasionally we'll have clients that really my mom has only dealt with and I've maybe seen them once or twice and they'll come over and they're like oh hi and I'm like hi like I'm gonna be taking your quilt in today whatever and it weirds them out for a minute but then they're fine it's just it's just like interesting to experience like those ups and downs and like you said like try not to get discouraged by it. Cause I think at first it was really like, Oh my gosh, they don't trust me. They don't like me, you know? Right. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, no, I'm doing this. I'm like, my presence is here and you know, I run all of our socials. And so any posts or anything like that's my personality. Like, yeah, I'm the that's one. Great, you know, Cause you can, I'm sure you and your mother have complimented each other, you know, and she's brought her skills and you're bringing your skills And that collaboration is helping you take your businesses to the next level. And I just think that's, that's what I love about the quilting community is that, you know, the collaborations, Mm -hmm. you know, are just always fantastic, you know? Yeah. I've always counted myself so lucky to have my mom and all of her skills and just getting to work side by side with her. And then my, you know, my three best friends quilt. And so like I've already had like a built-in community of people and you know talking with Emily of Peach and Honey Studio she's like I'm just by myself like yeah. <laughs> and I have my online people but I don't have anybody in person and I'm like man that would be so hard like oh anyway but yeah like I that's why I started this podcast and that's why I'm like try to bring my full self to whatever I do so if people resonate then they can find a space to to build more community and feel free to, you know, reach out or be themselves and in a space where maybe they don't feel that way otherwise, but mm-hmm. it's, it's fun to be able to, to create that. Like, I know some people are like, Oh, social media, but, and you know, parasocial relationships aren't as fulfilling as like in-person relationships. But I think 
it also opens up this the a globalized view of what you're doing you know because if you don't necessarily have a lot of resources around you right. to see what other people are doing in this craft that you love well now you have the internet you know it's like mm-hmm. you've got instagram and you can spend hours and hours looking at what other people are doing if right you so for choose. sure <laughs> it's but, true <laughs> yeah it's it's great but um what was I going to ask you oh so how many patterns have you designed so far um I have designed three patterns and I've got a fourth one that should be releasing in September Ooh, exciting yeah fun yeah I'm excited for I'm excited this is like the first um like this was one that I had designed earlier, but it was, I knew it was going to be a little bit more time, you know, more, it was gonna take me more time to write. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of putting it off and now I'm like, okay, I, it won't take me, you know, 30 minutes to draw a simple diagram now, <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I can do this. I could do this now. I mean, I'm, I have the knowledge now to write this pattern because before yeah. it was just an idea in my mind. And now I'm like, okay, now I know how to write this in a way that will help others make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so fun. Well, and it's cool that you had that like idea in your pocket and you knew that you wanted to do it. Like, and yeah, got yourself to a place where you felt comfortable like being able to put it out in the world. Like that's really cool. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I've, I've loved all my patterns. Um, I guess it is almost like having kids. Like, I don't know if you can pick a favorite, right? Like each one I make, I'm like, Oh, this one's my favorite. And then I make my next one. I'm like, Oh no, this one is. And, Mm -hmm. but they all just have a special place in my heart, you know, because you're making them. And it's also just me knowing the personal journey and education and everything that I've had to achieve to get to each level of, you know, it's just, it's, they, they become very meaningful to me. Yeah, of course. It's a labor of love and something that, you know, it is meaningful. It's coming out of your brain and your creativity. And it's like a love letter to your, you know, the makers who choose to make your quilts. Like, Oh, absolutely. That's a perfect way to say it. Yeah, (laughs) it is. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Oh, I, I just have nothing but gratitude and admiration for pattern writers. Like, I don't know if it's something I'll ever do because I just don't know that it's my thing, but like I said, having tested and just making, having made so many different types of patterns. Like I just, I can tell when it is a love letter. Like you can tell the difference, like that, those attention to detail and like the little things that just make one pattern better than the other, as far as like the ease of following it and reading it and seeing the diagrams and the cuts and everything. Like you feel good making it versus like, what the hell is this pattern even trying to say? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I'm like, what color am I looking at again? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. So you said you have a daughter. Do you have any other kids? I do. So my daughter is 19. She's in college. And then, um, my son is seven and he'll be going into the first grade. So gosh, yeah. Yeah. He'd been homeschooled, um, the last couple of years. Um, he has, um, autism. Okay. Um, he, as 
what would have uh, formerly been called Asperger's. Mm -hmm. So um, we kept him home while we kind of navigated that diagnosis and, um, you know, figured out the best ways to support him. But this year we're going to give it a go. And, you know, he's not with uh, a lot of the staff at the school and um, he's someone who uh, tries really hard, you know, Mm -hmm. so there, you know, we're going to give it a go and see how, how he does. And, um, you know, be ready to pivot if we need to, but I'm really hopeful that he'll have a good school year and, um, that'll give me, I'm going to see about volunteer opportunities at the school, things like that. Yeah. That's fun. Like, I think school can be, I mean, you know, as a former teacher, I, it can be a kind of up in the air for the first couple years, but I think you know, if he, as long as he feels supported and is getting his needs met, like school can be magic, you know, it can also be a place where maybe he'll flourish because he's getting some social interaction that he needs, or, you know, it's like, you never know what, what the thing is going to be, but hopefully it's good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, like, like all, you know, like all moms, like you just, you, your job is just to try to figure out what's best. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, carry it out. I, I felt like homeschooling was the best when we were doing it. Now I'm thinking he could benefit, you know, from being at school. And, you know, if I see him thriving and flourishing, like you say, well, then I know we've made the right decision, you know, yeah. and, but I'm excited for him. I'm very excited for him. Yeah. That's so cool. And what a big gap. I mean, I'm not judging because yeah. <laughs> there's huge gaps in my family too. Like I'm 15 years older than my baby sister. So like, I totally yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. It's a 12 year gap. I always tell people like, I went back to the starting line. <laughs> Silly mm-hmm. me. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. I mean, uh, I wouldn't trade it because, you know, having been a mom, I, I had my daughter when I was 25 mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it was just kind of a everyday, like, you know, then her, her father and I divorced. So I was kind of like a single mom for a long time. And it was just always her and I, and it was just kind of like, I was surviving, you know, mm-hmm. like every day was just surviving and getting through it. And now with him, you know, I got remarried a few years ago, uh, almost 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And then we had him and I'm so much more aware of how quickly the time goes. Yeah. So I think it helps me be really, really present mm-hmm. um, in a way that I wasn't able to be for my daughter because I was still growing as a person myself at that point, you know, right? like you're still and essentially a child at 25. Like <laughs> you are, you know, you're very different 25, 35, 45, you know, those 10 year counts make a big difference. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, like I just appreciate it so much more. And I mean, and my time with her as well, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's all my perspective on all of it has shifted. And I've just realized you just have to be as aware of it because you never know when the last time you're doing something for them is going to be the last time because now they can, now they don't need you to wash their hair. Now mm-hmm. they don't need you to hold their hand to cross the street, you know? Yeah. Like there's just all these little moments that, you know, will slip past you mm-hmm. if you're not aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that conscious living of like, when you're in survival mode like that, like, you know, with your daughter, you can't really pause to appreciate those little moments because you're, you're just trying to like, make it to the next 
day. You're just trying to make it to the next minute of like, you know, yeah, surviving. And, and there's very real, you know, mental and emotional ramifications to that. And like, so being able to come away from that and, and be more present and be more conscious of, of what's around you, who's with you, who's around you. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a gift really like that we can give ourselves. It's just, it's hard to get there. It's really hard. I feel like in some ways we're not designed to do that. You know, we're designed to keep moving forward and sometimes you have to stand still mm-hmm. and that yeah. you would think it's easy to do, but it's, it's not, you know, and yeah. usually it only comes through just these big life changes mm-hmm. where you start to realize that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and we're just so conditioned to like stuff the feelings, like just keep going. Like it doesn't matter. Just tough it out when like, and maybe societally that's what we've created, but I don't think by design or by nature, that's how we're supposed to be. You know, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we were designed for softer living, but we've created this monster, <laughs> of, Yeah, you know, yeah. like hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. Hustle more is yeah. more kind of thing. And mm. I was just, say I'm trying to live the soft life, but it's hard to, it is. And like... I mean, you know, and I think there's seasons too, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, absolutely. You know, there's seasons like when I had my daughter, that was a season of needing to just maybe be more fixated on getting through a day. Yeah. Now I'm more able to slow down and like with our quilting journeys. Yeah. There's those moments when we're making quilts at midnight and then there's mm-hmm. going to be those seasons where you're like, I'm slowing down, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. um, we just have yeah. to listen to those those instincts. Yeah, exactly. Like listening to yourself and, and honoring yourself and your body and like what it's trying to tell you is, is it's hard to do, but I think it's crucial in, in any space in your life where it's parenting or, Mm -hmm. you know, running a business or even in, yeah, just in your hobbies and crafts, like if your back hurts, go lay down or, you know, it's like, don't just push through the pain because you feel like you have to get something done or, I don't know. I, I have had to work really hard on, you know, listening to myself, listening to my body, giving myself space and time when I need it. Cause I used to just, I can tough it out. I can tough it out. I can tough it out and be really hard on myself if I took time off or if I needed a break and yeah, it can just be so tricky, but yeah. it's cool that you were able to take the time to homeschool your son and give him that time and attention and you know, getting a diagnosis like that can be so tricky and, and knowing yeah. how to handle it. Cause each, each person is like, even if they have that diagnosis, he's still his own self. And right. You know, he is his own, his own human being in his own right. And so it's just learning about his intricacies and his, his needs that, you know, right. I think, um, I think that's so cool that you were able to, to give him that time. So Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm really grateful. I was able to. Yeah. That's really cool. Do he and your daughter get along really well? You know, it's funny because even though they have a 12 year age gap, they do still tend to bicker like a brother and sister would. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Why are you do bickering? You know, like, they will be like, I was sitting there. Well, I was sitting there first. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's, a t- it's a 19 year old and a seven year old and here they are bickering, you know, but siblings are siblings. It doesn't matter what the age difference is. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. That's, 
uh, I'm still like, wow, there's that shirt you stole out of my closet. My sister. <laughs> like, cool. I've been That's looking so for true. that for three years. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Has she, So you said she's an illustration student. Has she shown any interest in quilting at all? Or is she just, is she doing her own? She shows interest in everything. She mm-hmm. is definitely, she loves to do things, but she's actually more into, I would say she does more knitting mm. um, than she does sewing. Um, but she'll, she'll, you know, she knows how to use a sewing machine um, and she will make little things sometimes, but she prefers uh, knitting and drawing and things like that but she's very Mm -hmm. talented and she can do whatever she sets her mind to she's always you know sometimes it's calligraphy sometimes it's you know um she got into making her own yarn for a while you know and then she yeah she's she's just really you know she's now she's doing like leather like learning how to bind books with leather and so she's yeah she's really 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 creative and and she's just good at everything she does she's like the opposite of me where it was like everything I did was bad except for like one thing her it's like everything is good so funny isn't that just so frustrating (laughs) yeah I'm just like I'm so like proud of her and supportive and Mm -hmm. I'm just like I just tell her, I'm like, oh, I wish I could do some of what you do because I have all these ideas in my head and I can't like execute them, mm-hmm. you know, just, just the comment. It's like too many quilts, you know, or so many quilts, a little time. It's kind of that yeah. way with crafts in general for me. Like I would love to try everything once, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm the same, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm not good at a lot of things, but my, our youngest, he's 18 and he, is just like so naturally talented at like, especially when it comes to like sports, like physicality. I'm just like, people are like, Oh, does he, I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where he came from. Like, he's just good at stuff. I don't know. Like they're just just talented that way. You know, that's what makes it so cool. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, okay, if you would just put in a little more effort into things, no, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's on that side I'm like just try harder he's like I don't want to I'm like but you're already so good at it he's like I know so why should I have to try hard I'm like oh my god <laughs> no. he's so smart and he's like I said he's so good at like anything sports wise or like physical like he just has such good like hand-eye coordination like it's crazy but wow. you're just like wow I trip looking at a stair so <laughs> I mean <laughs> it's cool. It's fine. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, do you, okay. So you said you have a pattern coming out in September. So what was the pattern called that you released with your socialite bundle? Um, so the socialite bundle, I wrote a free runner pattern. It's a bejeweled runner and uh, my upcoming pattern that once coming out in September, mm-hmm. I'm calling it the Husper quilt. Okay. Um, that one will also be featuring my my bundle okay as well yeah so if this will be the second pattern i've written um to use my my bundle in yeah that's awesome and so what i mean i know you said you had the plan for a while so what like what inspired your new quilt um well it was partly like I had the design in my mind but I had it in like a different color way mm-hmm. and then I started looking at it and I'm like you know I really think this would work well with my with my beloved bundle mm-hmm. and so I did a mock-up and I was like 
yes, <laughs> we're going to go with that, you know, but I've just, um, in terms of like the design itself, I was just, I love star blocks. Like I love <laughs> patchwork quilts. So, and anything with Sawtooth Star, Lemoyne Star, any type of star block I'm in love with. And um, so I wanted to write a pattern that incorporated a star block. And then my other favorite block is an Irish chain. I just love an mm. Irish chain quilt. So mm -hmm. I sort of have combined the two elements to create my own pattern. But it was all just about kind of like a nod to my my bundle, which is a lot of my favorite fabrics with my, and, not, and also not to my favorite blocks. And I've sort of combined them all into one thing. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. How special that that all came together. Like, that's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. So like, what was your reaction? Did like, does art gallery reach out to you to be like do they invite you to be a socialite or do you apply like how does that work there was an application process okay. so um you know I I applied for it and um yeah and then got a call which was like this like a dream come true you know I mean yeah. again with somebody with my background like I came in with no connections you know mm -hmm. no knowledge of you know quilting prior to when I started to teach myself and so it was just like amazing that I would even get a call like that you know yeah so yeah so it was really exciting that is so exciting it's like oh who me <laughs> yeah I know I was like yeah because <laughs> I've been such a fan of their you know like I have been such a fan of their fabrics for so long yeah um you know like I started when I started quilting um you know, I started quilting using fabrics that my mother-in-law had given me and there were scrap fabrics that she didn't use. So they were covered in frogs or they had beach balls on them, you know, and yeah. that's how I learned. And so I would see these beautiful fabrics and be like, oh, you know, maybe someday I'll buy some. And mm -hmm. so, and then when I first felt art gallery fabrics, I fell in love with how different they felt from anything else I had been mm -hmm. using. And I was just like hooked. So, you know, I feel like it has been kind of this little love story between me and art gallery fabrics yeah. that was happening in my own mind as when they called me it was like oh maybe they feel the same about me yeah <laughs> so it was a nice confirmation you know because I like I said I'd always use their fabrics and love mm -hmm. them so much so it was it was so great to feel that like affirmation, you know, mm. that they wanted me on their team, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. And so brave of you to just like jump in there. And I think just like you said, you know, you never know unless you try and maybe if they didn't choose you, it's like, okay, well I tried. And instead of going to bed at night being like, oh, I should have just submitted an application. You you can know that you did it and maybe it just wasn't the right timing and you can do it again later. You know, it's like, right. One of those things where instead of getting discouraged, you know, whatever, but you got the good result that you wanted. So, you know, yeah. the what ifs came, didn't need to come because you got, you got it. So yeah, that's so cool. I probably would have freaked out if I was, you know, <laughs> On your end, like, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I cried I cried a little bit I cried a little bit because you know it's just you know the things 
aren't always easy, you know, and yeah. Instagram can be deceiving that way. Mm-hmm. You can think, oh, like it's all come so easy or, oh, you know, this isn't hard. And it's like, no, but there's been a lot of hard things that have happened too, you know? And yeah. so, you know, and the day that I got the call was actually ironically a day where I started thinking to myself, like, am I on the right path here? Like, am mm-hmm. I maybe not meant to be doing this anymore? You know, I'd had to close my fabric shop because I wanted to concentrate on my son. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just kind of didn't know where I fit in anymore without owning a fabric shop. And I started thinking, well, maybe it's just time for me to go away. <laughs> you know, maybe it's just time for me to shift modes and do something completely different. And um, I was really discouraged that day. Yeah. And so when I got that, you know, message that they wanted to talk to me about it, and then I got on the phone, like I did cry a little bit because it was like a sign for me that, okay, mm-hmm. like there is still a place for me here, even without owning a fabric shop anymore, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so it was, it was a little, a little nudge to get back on the path, you know? Yeah. The quilty verse was like, don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like stay right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't leave us. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Like that gives me the tingles because it's just like when little things like that happen, it's just like magic, you know, obviously like wherever people stand with it, but I just feel like there's bigger forces at work. And when we put energy into something and really, truly love it and care about it, like good things do keep happening and maybe one door closes, but another one opens right there for you. You just have to step through it kind of thing. And so that's really cool. So, and that's why my, that's why I've actually, my first pattern is called open window because I said one door closed and then something else opened a window opened for me. So, yeah. And that's such a cute pattern. Like, Oh, thank you. (laughs) I was like, dang, I want to make one right now. (laughs) You probably could. It's so fast and easy. I made it especially just so it could be quick and easy, like perfect baby quilt, you Mm -hmm. know, so that you can churn out really quickly. Yeah. Lord knows I have enough fabric. I could probably make 10, (laughs) but (laughs) I was like, Ooh, this is on my list to make. Like, I really like this. It's so cute. It'd be fun. But so like, how long are you just, are you socialite for a year? Like how long does the process go for? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like a one-year contract. So, okay. um, I, um, so yeah, so I'll be around for the next few months. We started in March, so okay. yep. I'll be through next March. And then, um, you know, then we'll see what, where I go from there. I'll have to wait for another door to open at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. And will they keep like manufacturing your bundles? Is that going to be a thing or will they stop or, you know, are they done you when know, you're that, done? That's a good question. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm assuming they're probably gone when we are, mm-hmm. but you know what they say about assuming. So I'm not going to assume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. if it becomes like a limited edition thing, cause they're no longer made, then it's like things change. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Everyone wants like limited edition stuff. That's the best. I love limited edition fabrics. I'll scoop them up right away. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like looking through my bin because my mom and I, we like, we use the big like Rubbermaid totes to store our fabrics underneath our long arm. And we have some personal bins, but then we have our, you know, our bins for sweet pea and stuff we can pull from if we're just trying to supplement fabrics in a, you know, a memory quilt or something, but, um, 
anyway, in my bin, I have, I used to be part of the fat quarter shop quarterly booster, which was the, like, uh, it was cotton and steel and then it changed to Ruby star. Um, but you get 12 fat quarters every quarter and a matching spool of thread and a pattern. And it was like $45 and it was like a really great deal, honestly. But, um, I had to stop cause I was getting so many and I literally have only made one pattern. So <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I still have like eight or nine of the bundles, but I'm looking at, I'm like, these are like, OG cotton and steel, like Ruby star. I'm like, these are big money right now. And same with Tula. Like I have a lot of the original print Tula stuff that she's now doing deja vu, you know, yeah, prints of, and I'm like, dang, like I'm sitting on like highly sought after fabric, but I'm not willing to part with it because I still want to use it, (laughs) you know? Right. Yeah. That's always the dilemma when you've got something like that. Mm Mm-hmm keep it for me or you make some money off of it. I think most of us keep it for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Cause yeah. I'm like, I'm not interested in trying to make somebody pay extra money for something when I know it feels wrong. Doesn't it? Right. I, yeah, I exactly. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's wrong to do, but I feel like it's like, I feel like I couldn't do it. Yeah. I'd feel like I'd have to be like, well, this is what I paid. So this is what you should pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, Oh, I don't, I couldn't see myself charging somebody that much, but I understand why. And I'm not like disparaging oh, anybody who does, but it's like, mm-hmm. I also bought the fabric cause I love it. And yeah, before it was think, a collector's item. <laughs> yeah. I just think that, I mean, I always feel like they're just probably better business people than I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They know how to turn a profit and I more power to them. I think it's, I think it's uh savvy, but I just mm-hmm. don't, I just don't think I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I'm like, I will make something with nightshade. I will make something with, you know, all these like yeah. Tula bundles I still have, but you know, yeah. Anyway, it's, just, it's fun to have, like, to have those things. Cause you know, they're, they're meaningful, not just like I mean, to yourself, obviously, if you're hanging on to it, you must like it. But then also knowing that it's like a meaningful piece of fabric out there in the quilting world and yeah, kind of feel special to be like, oh, I have some like, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so special when you cut into it, you got to save it for just the right project. You know, it can't just be anything. It has to yeah. be the perfect thing because you're going to cut into it. It's so yeah. much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why I haven't cut into so much of it because I'm like terrified to hate the quilt I make with it. So it's fine. I did use my all-stars <laughs> bundle and I didn't cut anything. I literally just sewed the fat quarters together and left the selvages and everything because <laughs> oh, I, yeah. like, I can't bring myself to cut it up and yeah. I long armed it yesterday and it's really cute. So I'm happy, but I know with my other stuff, I will make, I will make quilts. It's just finding the right the thing that speaks to me that says, this is exactly right for that fabric. Exactly. And you'll know it when you see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how it's been for, I mean, a handful of bundles I've had, like I've talked about it, but my Esoterra bundle from Katerina Rochella, like she Mm -hmm. put that out forever ago and I bought it all when I, when it was out and I'm so grateful I did because it's really hard to find now, but, um, that was the first, like her, the first pattern I tested with her was when I finally used it and it was perfect for it because 
one of the prints is those like just triceratops heads. And there were, there's, um, some fussy cut or, you know, you could fussy cut it, but there's some squares, um, in the blocks that go along the top and the bottom of the quilt. And then right in the center. And they were perfect because you needed to cut two and a half inch squares and a two and a half inch square fit perfectly around those heads to give you like a quarter inch seam around the heads. And I was like, it was meant to be. (laughs) There you go. You see it always, you'll always know. You'll always know. It's like, when do you say, they say you're going to know the right wedding dress or whatever. Like you'll know the right quilt pattern when you see it. Yep. You will. It's, it's funny. And sometimes it just takes longer, but it will pop up. It will happen. So keep hanging exactly. on to that fabric. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm like simultaneously trying to be like, I need to be more mindful and I need to be like more scrap friendly and, you know, use less or keep less. And then I'm like, at the same time, like, no, don't get rid of anything because <laughs> you never know when you're yeah. going to need it. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I know. I know exactly what you mean. I, I will, I always tell people like, I'm never going to say don't buy fabric. I might say, you know, be smart about the fabric you're buying, you know, but never, I mean, like it's, if it's something that brings you joy and it's something that, you know, is supporting your hobby, Mm -hmm. you you wouldn't tell a baseball player, like don't invest in your sport, you know? Yeah. You don't need a bat. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry about the bat. Oh, that old mitt is going to work just fine. You know, I mean, if you want to work at a professional level of something, you need to invest in mm-hmm. yourself and your craft, you know, you, and I, I don't see it any different. Like if you're a woodworker, you're mm-hmm. going to buy the right tools, you know, yeah. or if you, you know, yeah, you work with like leather crafts, you're going to get all the right tools. You're not gonna be like, well, I can use a screwdriver for this, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So I just, that's how I see it with quilting. Like, you know, can you get by with other things like you know do you really need a ruler do you really need a rotary cutter I mean women before didn't use them you know no you probably don't really need them but if it makes if you're making four quilts a month or something like I was like you want to have the best tools Mm -hmm. because it's going to make your job easier and safer right yeah and it's like we're we've made all these technological improvements and created new tools in the quilty and sewing space because the old ways were so hard and slow. If you think about how long it used to take people to make a quilt because of the hand cutting and the hand sewing and the hand, you know, it's like, we don't have to do that anymore. Right. I'm like, yeah, you can get by if you absolutely have to with the bare minimum, like scissors and no ruler, but Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Just like you're saying, if you want to get into it and be you know, making and be more precise and like, yeah, there's tools for that. And you can get in, you can get those tools for inexpensive, you know, it doesn't have to be like the top of the line, everything at first. And no, no, you you invest if you go, you know, I didn't Mm -hmm. buy fabric for the longest time because I knew that I was making too many mistakes. I was just going to like hate myself for ruining a piece of expensive fabric, you know? Right. And then as I got, you know, you know, got more practice and got more comfortable, you know, then I started buying more expensive fabric, you know, and, mm-hmm. and as I started cutting more fabrics, I'm like, well, I need a bigger cutting mat now, you know, so you, yeah. you just do those upgrades as you can. But, mm-hmm. you know, I do think it's, uh, I used to, I think, feel guilt. And then now I just see as like, you know what, this is my chosen hobby. You know, my husband okay. is a diver. Mm. He's not, you know, he, he, he dove, 
you know, professionally and he was a scuba diver instructor and stuff like that. Like he never apologizes for buying the best equipment, right. you know, you buy what you need. And so, and, and he was actually the one that really made me stop feeling that way because mm-hmm. he, he framed it to me just like that. He goes, I don't apologize for buying what I need for my craft. Like, why should you apologize for buying for yours? You know? Yeah. Of course, you know, then he sees the boxes of fabric. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, actually, uh, <laughs> and I was like, Hey, I deserve it. No, but, but seriously, like you yeah. do have to let go of some of that guilt, especially if, if it's something that you really want to be doing, you know, beyond just maybe one or, you know, one quilt a year or something then yeah. invest, you know? And if you're just at the level, you know, that I was at initially where I was just doing one here or there, yeah, you don't yeah. need to buy everything, but it helps the more you do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I always say like, you know, you don't need a lot of tools, but you need the right ones. If you want to make a good quilt, you know, if you want your, mm-hmm. your time to be well spent and to, it's not easy, but to like make it easier and you know less mistakey I guess because yeah well it's just there's just different like you know there's just different levels you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and I think you know I had someone comment um on uh, something I posted um saying like uh it was it was not a negative comment but she was just saying like you know oh I think you know perfection and quilting is overrated and Mm I I was I thought to myself like you know absolutely like if you, if, if the fear of being perfect is stopping you from making, you need to let that go, you know, because it's totally fine to make mistakes. It's okay that I've, I've made mistakes on quotes before and people have like messaged me, like you made a mistake on the school. Thanks for telling me, you know, but um, (laughs) now that it's too late and I can't fix it. I appreciate it. Um, But, but at the same time, like, I do think that when you really love something, you do want to do it to the best of your ability, you right. know? Um, and that calling isn't for everybody, you know, for some people, they don't mind it, you know, like there's plenty of things that I do that I'm like, that's good enough. <laughs> it's done. Right. And that's good enough, you know, but yeah. for uh, quilting, it's just something where I just have a lot of passion for it and commitment to it that I'm like, you know what, like I do, it doesn't have to be like this every time, but mm-hmm. I want to know how to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe that comes from me being self-taught. Maybe there's a little bit more of that pressure of like, Mm. I really want to know how to do this. Right. Um, but I'm never going to stop, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to let fear of something being imperfect stop me from making, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's like a little challenge to myself. Like, Hey, remember when my points never matched up? Guess what? Now they do, you know? Yeah. Now my stuff has points like, (laughs) right. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, so for me, it's like, it's just my, it's my own person. Like I compete against myself, Mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, I compete against myself. Like, can I improve that? But I never want it. You know, I never want anyone to feel like, Oh, well, you know, I'm never going to have that time to invest. So I'm just going to not do it. No, do yeah. it. If you look, yeah. you, you want to do it, do it. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm in that space too, of like, do the quilting, how you want to do it. Like, I'm yeah. not going to judge you. I hope you don't judge me. Like I I'm like you, where I'm going to have spots where I'm like, it's fine. I'll let that go. And then there's times where I'm going to, you know, be more of a perfectionist depending on what part of the process it is. But I think when you give when you have the right tools and the right setup, like 
again, it doesn't need to be the top of the line, everything to do that, but you just give yourself the best shot of like making less mistakes or having an easier time, you know, putting everything together, because if you're cutting more accurately, then your piecing is going to be more accurate. When your piecing is more accurate, your square, your quilts are more square. And when they're more square, they're way easier to quilt or long arm. And like, right. Right. And even like ergonomics, you know, like mm-hmm. when I had my fabric shop, like when I originally started, I had just this little table. I was like basically cutting on the kitchen table mm-hmm. and I tell you what, my, my neck and shoulders were killing me. And yeah. I was, you know, spending hours and hours on my feet cutting fabric. And finally I was like, okay, you know what? I need an anti-fatigue mat. I need a cutting table that can accommodate the bolts of fabric, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I invested in that and my shoulders and neck thanked me. Um, you know, so it's just, again, if you're cutting fabric once a year, yeah. do you need a table like that? No, you no. know, only if you want one, you know, right. but, you know, but as you start to move, if you're doing it for a business, your needs change. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 We got like, we happened to find this, like, um, one of those like electric desks that you can like, it can turn into like a stand up desk or whatever, but it was like. Mm-hmm super clearanced out because like the side panel was coming off and the top was broken. And my dad was like, well, I can just build you guys a new top and like, we can put that side panel back on. So for like a hundred bucks, we got this, you know, height adjustable table that we built a custom sized topper for. And now it's perfect for our cutting mat. And, you know, we can cut our fabric nicely and put it exactly to the height that we need it for, you know, Mm -hmm. anti-fatigue reasons. And like my mom and I are tall-ish, you know, we're five, seven and five, eight, but then it's like one of my best friends who quilts with us, she's like five, two. So she needs everything as low as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then my other two friends are like five, 10 and six foot. So then they need to raise everything up like way higher than, you know, it's like, it's just funny, but but yeah, you think about those little things, like what's going to save your body and give you the most longevity. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's ultimately up to each quilter, but I think perfectionism is hard to battle. And, you know, especially in quilting, it's, you can let the mistakes go, but then it's like at the end of the day, if you look at your final product, are you proud of, are you proud of it? Are you proud of what you made? And it doesn't matter if anybody else is, but like, are you looking at those mistakes and going, "Ugh, I should have taken the extra 30 seconds to line that up better. Or you can always challenge yourself to do a little bit better next time and increase your accuracy. Cause I think ultimately we're trying to make beautiful things and they're not always going to be perfect. And perfection is for the birds. But I, at, at the end of the day, I just want to look at what I made and be proud of the effort I put into it and not look at it and go, "Ugh, I should have you know, X, Y, Z. Right. Well, and I mean, and that having, you know, been self-taught, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of quotes that I made early on before I had the skill level, you know, it wasn't at the skill level maybe that I needed to be at. And, you know, though they never turned into quilts, right? Because they were so bad, you know, they wouldn't line (laughs) up, they were all crooked, you know, it was really just, I mean, it was good that I did them because I did learn through the process, Mm -hmm. but you know, my goal is, you know, to make a quilt and, you know, if it never turns into a quilt, well, I didn't really reach my goal, but again, those steps in the middle are what get you there. You mm-hmm. know, nobody goes from not 
knowing how to use a sewing machine to making beautiful advanced level quilts. Like we all are learning. And so, you know, for me, I always just want, you know, I would hope that you, you know, that you're being, that I'm being aspirational. Like I, you know, I never want to come across as being like, Oh, like, Oh, I just, my points always line up because it's, it's a total lie. You know, they yeah. don't, they don't always line up, you know, but when I do get them lined up, I'm pretty excited because I know how much work it's taken for me to get there. Yeah. 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 I honestly, I just made a simple patchwork quilt for a client and, um, it was honestly such a cool idea. Like it was for her boyfriend and he wanted a square for each patch that he collects from visiting every, all 63 national parks. Oh, wow. And so obviously I made like a seven by nine, just like five inch squares and then put some borders on it. Cause just to keep it simple. And, but like all of my seams lined up and I was like, Oh, oh <laughs> like I could not believe it. I was just like, I kept staring at it. Like, wait, did I really do that? Cause you know, every once in a while, it's like maybe one or two is off and they don't line up exactly correctly. And it's not at the end of the world, but this one, I was like, what the heck? Like I actually did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's again, it's like getting a hole in one or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We should be, we should be proud of ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because again, it, it's taken us a lot of work to get there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I swear by like web string, like chain piecing. Like, I don't know if you've done that, but I haven't done it. I've done chain piecing, but I've yeah. never done the web. And I'm like, it looks a little intimidating to me, but yeah, I have to give it a try one of these days. Yeah. I've just recently started practicing it. Like, I don't know if it was on my son's quilt. Mm, I don't remember. I just, I literally just this spring tried it for the first time. Cause I was like, it used to terrify me. But once I figured it out, I was like, oh my God. And Susie quilts has like the best tutorial on it. And okay. I was like, okay, Susie's speaking to me. I can do this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for bigger projects, it's a little trickier. Like my, the quilts I'm making for our youngest, it was supposed to be for his graduation, but you know, here we are in August. And, um, <laughs> it's going to be huge, like 80 by 90. And, um, so I think doing it in chunks for that one is going to be my best bet, like making quadrants essentially. But yeah, for that patchwork, it was just like, you just like take the first two columns and like sandwich them together and you chain piece those. And then you just grab the next column and like open up what you just sewed and then chain, chain piece that to what was there. And like, you don't cut anything you leave it all yeah. chain pieced in columns and then you just have to like, you just iron them and then you keep flipping the layers together to like, sew the, the horizontal seams. And then, yeah, I mean, I know it's like, I'm, I'm saying it that way. Like, it's so easy because I've done it now. So I know what I'm talking about, but like when you haven't done it, it's, it did not make sense to me for the longest time. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've seen photos of people, you know, and I see the reels on Instagram and I mean, I think it's so cool. You know, I just, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, you're like, you're saying there's probably a little bit of a learning curve. And then once mm-hmm. you get it, you're, you've got it, Yeah, but it's like, sometimes like plan for you it. don't have the time, you know, to do yeah. the learning curve. It's like, I just need to get the quilt finished. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. is not the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah, but I think the next time I have a good, 
I've got the right time and I've got the right project. Mm -hmm. I do want to try. I just love to try everything. Like I'm not a, I I initially would always be really scared of trying something new. Like the very first time I learned to try curves, I was like, "Eh," like, what can I do it? Mm -hmm. And now I find that I just like to try it. You know, I may end up not liking it, but I still like to try it. Yeah. At least you can try it and say, you know, you don't like it versus being like, I don't think I'll like it or, or you think you won't like it. You try it. And then you end up actually really loving it. You know, it's like, you won't know unless you try. Right. Yeah. You know, exactly. That's the way it was a foundation paper piecing with me. Mm -hmm. Like I was always really intimidated by it, but I really wanted to learn and finally did. And I really like it. I just, um, I don't do it all the time, but I enjoy throwing a little FPP project in there and an English paper piecing too. I really like also. So mm -hmm. I've never tried English paper piecing, but I've done a tiny, tiny bit of foundation paper piecing and it was hard for my brain, but there are some projects that I really like just single blocks that I really want to make. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not giving up. I'm like, nope, the more I try, the easier it'll get. I just need to like do it more than once a year kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what I keep hearing. It's like, once you start it, you kind of have to like kind of stay on it, you know? So I try to do like a little project once a month, mm. um, because it took me forever to learn. <laughs> like it was, I was like, you, I'm like, my brain doesn't work this way. Like what I was like continuously trimming off my seam allowance, you know, cause I oh, was yeah. like trimming right to the paper yeah. instead of adding my quarter inch, which I mean, in my brain, I knew I was supposed to do, but I would still do it wrong. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. But I finally, once I got the hang of it though, I really liked it. And now I'm just like, okay, now I just got to maintain this knowledge. So, cause I don't, so I don't have that big steep learning curve again. Cause it's so yeah. kind of counterintuitive to how we normally. sew. yeah, that's what yeah. gets me is it's like backwards and you have to think about like, okay, where I'm sewing is not like, it's going to go the other way and I'm backwards to it. So I have to think you're just like, yeah. oh my God. but I just did a foundation paper piece log cabin mm-hmm. block and which I know you don't have to do FPP, but it was just, it was part of like this little July challenge. And, um, so I finally did it and uh, maybe it was for June. I don't know. Anyway, I was late to it, but, um, it was really fun. And as I was going, I was like getting, but I didn't have to like, keep thinking about it too hard as I was like placing my next pieces and doing the trimming and, you Mm -hmm. know, it turned out really cute and I'm like super proud of it, but I was like, okay, I, there's like a pattern I want to make. It's a, like a diamond, a big gem. And, um, my Airbnb is quilt themed. So, oh, okay. I have in the room, I have, um, a couple of hot pads that my friend made for me, but they're so cute. I would never put them in my kitchen. Cause I know they'll get destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> One of them is a, a cat, like the outline of a cat, but it's made with, um, what's the Tula line with the cats? Is it Tabby lane? I'm not sure. I think so. Anyway, it's like cat food cans and it's so cute. And then the other one is an avocado. And but I like have them yeah. framed on the wall and I'm like, okay, I can make my own and frame them. And, you know, I don't have to finish them per se. Like I would a normal quilt. I don't have to put binding on it and whatever, but I'm just, I haven't even gotten to it. Cause I'm just like, oh, it's daunting to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, there's, a, I have a, there's a, um, pattern I saw once by 
um, I'm, I don't remember her name, but on Instagram, it's my crowded nest mm-hmm. and she does FPP patterns. Um, and she has one of a whale oh. and I really, really, really want to make it but I'm like, it way beyond my skill level. You know, I mean, it's pretty intricate. And so I'm like, I got to start with these small, easy ones so I can get there someday. Cause I, I still really want to make it. It's still yeah. on my bucket list. I have the pattern. I think it's mm. called Caspian. And, um, yeah, it's, um, it's in my little library of patterns and I'm like, someday, someday I'll be able to do that. (laughs) Right. I know. Like my friends have done, well, Miranda mostly, I think has done the, the, you know, foundation paper piecing. She's made like a ton of different blocks. She made like dogs and she's made, you know, Mm -hmm. like banners and hearts. And she made some lightning bolts to go on a Harry Potter quilt at one point and just all these different things. And she made me a pillow, like a throw pillow with a foundation paper piece hummingbird on the front. And it's beautiful. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) I could never make this. I mean, I could, I really, I could, if I got there, but she's just like, so good at it. I'm like, dang, I don't, I don't know how you, I mean, obviously it takes practice, but some people just pick up so quickly. And I'm just like, over here like I don't know (laughs) yeah yeah I think for some people it does come more naturally and it it doesn't come naturally to me either um you know so you know will I ever I mean some of them can be so intricate and Mm -hmm. I'm like I don't think I'll ever want to do something that's like super super big or super intricate I don't think I have the patience to do it yeah um you know, like, but I do really admire them. And I'm hoping that this Caspian one will be in my, my range someday, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you probably could do it now. We'll see. Maybe I'll try. I I have all the fabrics for it and everything. It's all saved. I'm just waiting for it to make it. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, that'll be an exciting day to see that pop up on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like you did it. It'll be like 20 years from now. I'm like, finally. <laughs> Remember I talked about that podcast 20 years ago. <laughs> no way. It better not be that long. <laughs> I want to see it like this year. You could do it. <laughs> we'll see. I, I'm doubtful that's going to happen, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm always like trying to convince people to do stuff that I'm terrified to do. That's fine. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, besides your pattern that's coming out in September, do you have any other patterns in the works for this year or? I have one more. I have one more I'm going to write. It's, it's, uh, the design is made and I've got the fabric requirements started and I'm hoping for it to be like later on in the year, like maybe, um, late October ish. Like I envision it being a kind of like a, a good, easy, like Christmas pattern or, um, you know, went just a winter quilt pattern, you know, when you just want to make yeah. something quick. So yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Again, I'm really excited for that one too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. yeah, that one's next on the slate. And after that, I have got to work on some more designs. Okay. Well, cool. So that's, yeah. that's good though. At least we've got one more to look forward to this year and yeah, that's exciting yeah. to, I just love that. Like there's so much creativity out there. And I think just from like talking with different designers and being in this, on this side of things, like, I think 
one thing that does come up is people feel kind of nervous that the, the quilting world is like saturated with designers, but I don't think that's true. Like, I think the, I, I I guess I can, I I know how they can feel that way, mm -hmm. but here's what I think is I saw this quote once and it said, Taylor Swift doesn't stop making music because there's too many singers out there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, I just think in any creative field, like, who are you doing it for? I guess. Yeah. You know, because I I'm doing it because I love to create and I want to give something back to the community that I feel has embraced me, mm -hmm. you know? And, yeah. you know, and if, and, and I understand, like, it can feel overwhelming. Like I'm mm -hmm. on Instagram too. And like, I see like so many patterns and I like, I want to make them all. And I know that I can't, you know, and I think mm -hmm. there's some frustration with like, oh, I can't make them all. Why are there so many? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. but, I mean, but, but realistically, you know, again, like if you have a voice, if, mm -hmm. if you have something that you want to do, like, yeah. You know, if you have a gift, you should be sharing that. Yeah. You know? And exactly. uh, so, you know, I, I, when I read that quote, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. You know, well, I guess I kind of felt the same way. Like, oh, I mean, should I add to this? Should I add to all this? But I'm just like, well, you know, I'm, I do it because I love it. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, whether someone buys my patterns or doesn't buy my patterns, it's something I wanted to, put out there mm -hmm. you know and I yeah. will and if people resonate with it they'll buy it and if they don't then they won't but I sh I'm not gonna um stop it just because I'm worried that you know maybe maybe my voice isn't as important you know what I mean yeah mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's my thoughts on it exactly and I, I love that quote like I mean, if Taylor Swift stops making music, I think the world is going to stop, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. But, and, you know, but, but you could make the argument there are a lot of singers. There are so yeah. many aspiring singers out there, right? Right. And it, it would be easy to be like, well, you know, do we really need another singer? But, you know, she makes music that people love and it resonates with people. And, yeah. you know, and it's not for I, everyone, but right. she still does it because yeah. it's who she is and it's what she wants to do. And, the people that are loyal are loyal and they're there no matter what. And it's the same with, you know, anything, like you said, putting it out there. If you feel you have something to share and you're, you're contributing, then, then just do it. You know, it's, it's yeah. not going to be for everyone. If you're staying true to your authentic self, like, I think that's the hardest for me, at least the hardest thing to like swallow is that not, I'm not for everyone. And I know that. And at the end of the day, like it's best to, for that to be true, because then I can be who I want to be. And, and the people who resonate with that will find me and, and hopefully stick around and support me. But, but it can be tricky at times to like, stay, stay true to myself and still do what I'm doing and not feel like I have to like be someone else all of a sudden to make this thing work. You know, it's like, right. I think as long as you're being your authentic self while you're doing your craft or your sharing your creativity in your business, like that's where your following will come from. And, and there's absolutely, we'll know when there's no more ideas in the world because nobody will have any new ideas. Like, 
you have right. an idea in your brain, that means that there's so much more out there to be had. And so, mm-hmm. you know, keep making, keep designing, keep putting it out there. And mm-hmm. there's something for everybody out there. And I, I love that part of how things have changed of, of the quilting community as it is now, is there some, there is something out there for everyone. And yeah, the fact that we have tools to make that space for each other is really like such a gift and so cool that we're in this time. Like what a time to be alive, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's true there. We, we have an opportunity, you know, that to do something and be seen that most people wouldn't have had a chance to do, you know, before all of this. So, you know, social media can be a double-edged sword, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not always rainbows and butterflies, but you know, there is still a lot of positives with it too. You know, I've met some really amazing people through social media. Um, I get inspired on social media, you know, I love Mm. looking at people and seeing what they're doing. And, you know, I love these, um, relationships that you can form, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, um, you know, I've, I've had, you know, in some ways more authentic friendships with people I've made, I'm friends with on Instagram cultures I've met through Instagram that I've made, you know, like since as an adult, right. Like, you know, outside of work and things like that, it's really hard to make friends Mm -hmm. when you're an adult. And, you know, this has offered me a way to do that. And, you know, I have friends who, when they know I'm going through a hard time, you know, they'll, they'll call me and they'll message me and stuff. And I mean, they're checking in on me more than my local friends are, you know? Right. And I, you know, I'm really, I'm, that's why I keep going back to it, you know? And mm-hmm. I, and I love, I love social media. Cause it's like, yeah, there's, there's days when people maybe aren't nice or you get something you don't want to see or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, there's been a lot for me, there's been a lot more positivity than there's been negativity. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And I think it, it is what you make it. And I think some people who see the ugly side of it, it's like, well, you can change that. Like it's all depends on what you engage with and what you choose to follow and respond to. So if you're only ever responding to and clicking on things that are negative, that's what it's going to keep showing you because you're interacting with that. But if you only ever interact with the stuff you actually want to see or is benefiting you, then that's what it's going to show you. So like, I think we have so much more control than we think we do. And you can curate your, your online presence to be what you want it to be. And that sounds like, uh, I don't want to say that in a sense of like, you can just tune out everything that's negative. Cause that's, that's not what I'm trying to say. Cause life is life and you have to deal with it, whatever it hands you. But just in that sense of like, it doesn't have to be a negative experience online. And I think as a business, you do kind of put yourself out there in a different way. So you are going to experience some negativity, maybe that you don't want to, but, but again, I think if you stick to your authentic self and you curate you're following carefully and you know you're not just you're not trying to reach out to every single person that exists but you're niching in and finding your your following then I think it's a lot more far and few between that you do run into the negative stuff so right that's just my two cents yeah I mean I try yeah I just try to stick in the quilt universe and you know most quilters are very very kind and sweet and supportive you know and so you know, I'm generally gonna 
stick with that, right? I'm yeah. not going to venture out to some of these other areas where there is more negativity, you know, I'm like, I like my little group over here, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd say 90% of the people you interact with are going to be very, very kind and sweet and supportive. Yeah. And that's, that's, those are pretty good odds. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. been, it's been like really refreshing to know that you're not going to be faced with garbage just people being like unnecessarily like nasty for no you know just like why where did you come from go home like (laughs) yeah (laughs) but in the quilty space it's like people are we're just here to love on fabric and love on quilts and pass along this love to more and more people and I think that's a really beautiful thing so I agree yeah I'm glad you're in it. And you know, you, we get to see the beauty that comes out of your brain because you've got some (laughs) amazing stuff to share. So. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. So for anybody who hasn't found you online yet, where, how can they get to you? Well, I'm mostly live on Instagram. So, um, you can find me at, at midlife underscore quilter. Okay. And um, if you want to, right now my shop is in transition because I did stop selling fabric, but I am adding more quilting things, more gifts for quilters, stationery, things like that. Um, and my website, and that's also where you can get my patterns. That would be www.midlifequilter.shop. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll put links to both things in the show notes so people can get to you easily. And Oh man. Other than that, I'm just so excited to have talked to you today. And I'm so grateful that we had this time together and. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've really enjoyed getting to know you and I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to be, I'm already following your page. Do you have like an, an, your own quilting page as well outside of the podcast page? Yeah. So, um, the, the quilting business is at sweet pea design company. Okay. And I'm going to um, make sure to follow too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where I post most of the quilty stuff, just because, you know, that's where my business is. So that's yeah. where you'll see our makes and our long arming and Fun. all that yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. Very cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much again. And I can't wait for people to see your new pattern that's coming out and, or both new patterns that are coming out and yeah. hopefully go run and see your cute bundle of fabric and get to just experience you. Oh, great. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully we'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.